This is Amon Focus. This is Bianca Carosio. This is your boy Kevin Spence. This is Ashley Bing. Yo, this is Brian Summers, and you're listening to season two of We're Getting Better. Let's go. In this episode, we interview the real B Free, Brian Freeman. We're also changing up the segments. Instead of hearing the vocabulary word every week, you're going to hear a spotlight on the photographer. I'm talking about the OGs in the game, the Gordon Parks, the James Vanderzees, the Mel Shabazzes, the Jonathan Mannions, and more. So stay tuned, and let's get into the show. What's going on, guys? This is Brian Summers, and this is We're Getting Better. I'm here today with The Real Be Free. What's going on? What's going on? Brian Freeman, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. And uh, matter of fact, I'm saying welcome to the show, but you know, thank you for welcoming, welcoming me into your home. Almost um, definitely, brother. We're, we're here in Maryland. We're in Largo right now, and it's a hot day, but we're inside. You know, Thank God for the AC. Um, thank God for these smoothies right here. Normally, on the show, I would uh, crack a beer at this point, Word. but um, I'm getting back into running. Last season, I chilled on beer for a little bit because I was um, training for a 10K. Okay. I'm still training for a marathon. But um, hurt my knee a little bit and uh, hadn't been running for a while, but I need to get back into it. And um, so it's perfectly fine for me to not drink beer right now, drinking water. And uh, you got these smoothies right here, dog. Uh, what's, in, what's, what's in this smoothie, man? So we got, uh, got a little berry, some quite a few berries. We got blueberry, uh, strawberry, and another berry. I forgot what other berry is. We got mangoes. Uh, Pineapple, a lot of pineapples, mm. and strawberries. All right, all right. Uh, it's pretty good. And orange, orange juice as a, as our our liquid base to liquefy okay. it. Okay. Any 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 reason why you're on smoothies? Or is it because it's hot outside, or is it? Oh man, health is wealth. Um, as some of you all know, if you're a photographer, you're up and down a lot. Mm. And uh, like my man Brian, I hurt my knee. I hurt my knee like right after I got no, actually right before I got married. So. I was kind of on the limp when I got married. I got married three years ago, mm. and uh, I've been trying to nurse his knee back to health ever since. But being a photographer, I'm constantly up and down and up and down off this knee, so it doesn't really get much of a break. And then that weight, uh, I was about 215, probably about, so I, st- I just recently lost weight. Mm. I'm at 205 right now. Okay. And I was at 215 for a long time. Mm. But before I got married... Actually, before I started dating my wife, I was 185, mm. but we know how relationships do. That's that, that uh, comfort weight. My mom say, happy make you heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was real happy. <laughs> Went from 185 to 215, oh, swiftly. Man, man, man. But, now, but now you're, you know, working uh, a new uh, lifestyle? New lifestyle, new, new lifestyle. I'm trying to be a vegetarian. Right now I'm a pescatarian. Okay. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm almost two weeks deep into it. Y'all check with me and see what my progress is. Hopefully hopefully I do well. Okay, okay. So pescatarian is uh, just fish, right? Just fish. Just okay, fish. okay. Uh, I know you mentioned off off, off the air. Uh, uh, recently was a cookout. Yeah, Father's Day. Father's Day got me. It got me, y'all. I, I failed. Uh, I won't say I failed. I took a, uh, I sidetracked a little bit. Man, it was some huge steaks in front of me. And um, yeah, my wife's family tried to tempt me, and they and they won. I, I ate a steak, y'all. I did. I ate no, a steak. Look, man. Look, I'm not. I'm not judging you. I was just at, at a wedding, and it was a uh, African family, so it's a lot of red meat. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't turn it down. But you definitely know the difference 
in uh well after you eat <laughs> you yeah. feel sluggish yeah or, you know or you know some other things might be the telltale sign of what you just ate oh, yeah. but uh but yeah man definitely health as well like, like you just said yeah and uh you know we're gonna i guess start this season two off on uh on a nice healthy route oh yeah um but yeah man so look we're, we're sitting there chopping it up Glad to have somebody on the show with the same name as me. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, smoothies on deck. Smoothies, smoothies on deck. But uh, just let let the folks know. I mean, like, who is who is Be Free? Who who is Brian Freeman? Oh man, um, Be Free is living with purpose. That's what I would say. Uh, people started calling me Be Free maybe about 10, 12 years ago. I I don't say I don't think it was something I necessarily embraced right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it caught on. It okay. definitely caught on. And uh, it's something I embrace now. Uh, I think after a while, you start to understand your purpose. And I know mine is 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 really to live for others. You know, even as a photographer, the focus, well, for most photographers, the focus isn't really much on you, you know. And most photographers I meet, they're not really big on themselves. They're really big on others, mm. you know, particularly since you're focusing on, on others all the time with that camera you know and um for myself man i don't know man i think photography is really something that has allowed me to walk into the lives of a lot of different people at a lot of different times and man it's it's wild i was talking to my wife not too long ago and she said you know before photography you seem like such a recluse mm. you know i talked to dio about this okay shout um, out shout out to dio kasoko shout out dio the <laughs> art hype the art hype I was talking to Dio about this, um, about being introverted and, and my personality. Because if anybody knows Dio, he is definitely not introverted. <laughs> he is an extrovert at its extreme. Yo, the definition. Yeah, the definition. <laughs> and um, I was just telling him, like, man, it's, it's really good to be around you because I need that energy in my life. Um, one of my homeboys actually said recently, he said, introverts and extroverts are similar but they're very different mm. both of them feed off of energy but the energy is fed different in a different way mm. he said an inch an extrovert gets their energy from being around people right mm. and then that's how they refuel is being around people mm. but introverts get their energy from being alone mm. so it's really like deep contemplation and 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 then they can go out and, sh- right. and spread that spread that love spread that energy um but uh before i would say that i wasn't really going out much i wasn't really shoot you know clearly i wasn't shooting because i wasn't a photographer i started this photography journey uh, about six years ago i started shooting but i didn't really get serious about photography until two and a half two and a half about two and a half years ago hmm. um is, is when it be- really became a love and a passion hmm. um but you know my wife she was just telling me you didn't really you didn't really experience people or this people really wasn't necessarily your thing i'll be honest getting money was my thing okay you know um not a not 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 a bad thing i guess yeah yeah (laughs) well uh, it It, depends it could it could be it could could be be. you know when you when you when you find yourself um when you find your character being challenged in the way that you get money interesting i like that I like you that. know and you know most people would would think oh man you were selling drugs or something like that but no nah, no nah, that wasn't yeah. that wasn't necessarily a thing but sometimes you can compromise yourself in the way that you get money because sometimes you might sell somebody something that 
isn't necessarily what they want or what they need. It might be what they what they want because a mm-hmm. lot of times I was in sales yeah. and I made good, really good money in sales. And one of the reasons was I knew how to appeal to people's desires, mm-hmm. you know, and um, that's a skill. It's definitely a skill. Um, uh, I kind of tell you where I, I got that from. Uh, I had some some family members and my grandfather and a few different people that did a few illegal things back in the day. Okay. That's probably where that skill comes from. They you probably, know? I mean, they definitely probably put you on game. Yeah, you know? yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, it might you might not be pushing the same product, but it's the same mentality. What's same that, mentality. What, what's that? What's that? What's uh, that phrase? Always be be closing. Always be closing. <laughs> ABCs. <laughs> you know, I was the ABC king. <laughs> I was the ABC king. Oh man. yeah, man. But um, I I started to realize that my my how can I say it? My interests were wrong. You know, um, why I was selling was wrong. What it, it wasn't necessarily what I was selling, but it was why I was selling. You know, greed. You know, mm. say the love of money is the root of all evil, right? Mm. So if you feel your, if you find yourself loving it, you might want to check your passions. But check this: most people, that's why they work. Yeah. Is the love of money? My girl sent me this link the other day, comparing how a nine to five is like being addicted to drugs. Mm. It was a cool comparison. It's like you know you become dependent on this, mm-hmm. you know, and all of that. I, I I can't really go go in and give the article justice, but I just know that it was on point. You know what's crazy? Think about this. All right, let's say you get let's say you get high on crack. Okay. Right? At the end you are gonna crash. Yeah. It's not gonna leave you fulfilled. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't leave you full. Clearly you can't eat. You can't you know your stomach doesn't get full of it, but you lose all desires for other things, mm-hmm. right? I I would say I would say for myself. My nine to five was definitely like that, you know. I felt myself drawn to it because of the promise of something, mm-hmm. you know. That person when they first hit that hit that pipe, yeah. There's the promise of a high, or they first get something, or this and other. That's like think about when you first start your job. Yeah. Everybody loves their job when they first started. Yeah, yeah. Right, but That's- over time, it's like, man, I hate this job. Mm-hmm. If you've ever talked to a fiend before. They don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying. But when they first started. It was it was it was what it was. Just keep calling me. Just keep calling me. <laughs> that first in the fifteenth oh just keep God. calling you. Yeah, and it was also interesting because it said, you know, like once you go like you might end up going through withdrawal once you yeah. once you either leave or lose that. Oh my. Yeah. Bro. I still go through withdrawals after leaving my job. <laughs> look, because look, one thing about being a photographer and working for yourself is every job is your last job. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I mean, sometimes having had a nine to five, you know what it's like. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like to be able to uh, know. Oh, I got insurance, mm-hmm. or, or, or you might have insurance, or mm-hmm. you know, you know this is going to come on the first fifteenth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when that check, if if you're in a job where that check comes late, you're like, hey man, look, look, bro, yeah, it's the, it's 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 Friday, it's Thursday, it's whatever day that before you about to get paid, and you don't see that in there, mm-hmm. you start you start to get antsy, mm-hmm. you know. So in a way, you're going through that withdrawal. You kind of like need that. You're, you're you're dependent. Oh yeah. So yeah, but you know. Luckily, you know, we, we, we were able to um, <laughs> kick that habit. Thank God. <laughs> kick it, y'all. Kick it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. But, uh, you know, you definitely have that um, that uh, sales yeah. background. But uh, tell us uh, a little bit about like, where you're from or, okay. you know, did you, did you actually go to school for photography? Or? Okay, okay, okay. So I have an interesting journey, you all. Um, I'm, I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. Uh, but I spent, I would say, most of my... Now, I won't say most of my life, but most of my adulthood um, in Virginia, 
I would say from from high school on up in Virginia. What part of Virginia? Hampton, Virginia. Okay, where? Hampton, where? Virginia, seven five seven. Shout out, y'all. Shout out seven five seven. Yeah, man. Virginia was great. If if you know anybody from Virginia or that's going through Virginia, there tends to be greatness that comes out of that area. You know, whether that's sports or, or whatever that is. If you if you make it out, you make it out. You know, you really do well, mm-hmm. especially um, especially in that area. Oh yeah, because there's nothing to do but uh, play ball. Work at the shipyard. Yeah, go to Walmart. Yeah, go to Walmart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the well, Walmart is like the club there, y'all, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I went to Kickatan High School. Um, shout out KHS. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of, it's a lot, I know a lot of great people that, that have come from that area, like I said. Um, but uh, I won't say I had the, the normal route. Um, growing up, I wasn't the most academically strong person you know um very intelligent i just didn't know i would say that i didn't have um people really pushing me Mm. or people that really checked to really see really where where my iq was or that i was intelligent Mm. and i think sometimes we can fall prey to this system Uh, i was telling you earlier i'm a I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist. I won't go too deep into it because it might go <laughs> really, really, really deep. But there's definitely a system out here to destroy black males. Mm. Um, y'all can actually look up uh, a book um, that's that's called that's about destroying black males. Okay. Um, I won't plug the book exactly, but okay, it's okay. a guy named Doctor Kuwanja Juhu. Doctor Jawanja Kujufu. I want to say that's how you say his name. Um, but it talks about that and. I know I'm sure some of you all know like your test scores and things of that nature are set up mm. um, or prisons are set up based off the test scores of kindergarten. I definitely black, heard that before. Black kindergartners, which is really true. And it's funny, I question my I question myself sometimes and I look back and I think about um, now I'm not I'm not gonna say this. You can't blame the school system on everything mm. because parents are supposed to be raising their children, you know? You said parents are. Parents are supposed exactly, to exactly. You can't, you can't, and you can't count on the the school system to raise your children. But if you're born into a situation like myself, where my mother was single, it's a lot on her. Yeah, you need, you need, it's what? What's the phrase? Uh, it takes a village. It takes a village. You know, and and you know, if if it's not if it's not your neighborhood, it's your community, and your community is that you know everything that you're, you're involved in. It, yeah. it could be like you know, it's, it's definitely your teachers in school. Oh yeah, it's definitely you know. If you if you have a religious based you know your your, your church or your yeah whatever whatever you yeah. know it is that you go to, um, and all of that it takes a village definitely oh does. yeah oh yeah and if you don't have if and I might be speaking to some people out there um, that might understand where I'm coming from if you don't have a person constantly reinforcing you as a child letting you know that you're great letting you know that you're a king letting you know that you're destined and purpose for great things sometimes it. it 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 can really be a uh, it can really be a challenge to be great, yeah. you know. Um, which is I, I think you asked me about be free, you know. Okay. Um, I one of the reasons why I embrace that name is because I believe part of my purpose is really to help people identify themselves and identify their purpose, mm. you know. Because it took me such a long time to understand mine. But I'll give you a little background story. Um, elementary school, like I said, I grew up in Buffalo, New York. Uh, elementary school was really, really, really rough for myself. Um, I got kicked out of a out of school, out of my first school, my first elementary school, over a fight. Um, a guy called my mother a black bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that doesn't really go too well, you know, amongst kids. <laughs> no, yes, yeah, that's definitely a fighting word. Um, is a young Caucasian male that said it. Um, I bled him. Yeah. Like, really bled him. Mm. Like, you know. Um, Knocked him out if you don't know what bled him means. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my mom had to come to school. I had a uh, uh, the principal. I'll actually say her name. Yeah. Her name was Andrea Jackson. Okay. That was her name, Principal Andrea Jackson. Um, of Build Academy Elementary School. Some of y'all might have been, um, <laughs> might have, uh, she might have been your principal. She told my mom that I would never be an Einstein. Yeah, she said what? that. Wow. Be- what, is, the, is that because you defended your mom's name? I, I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. I, may, I don't know. So, um, my, my mother took me out of public school and put me into private school. So I started going to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that that, well, I was a kid. I don't think she knew that how bad that would be. Mm. Um, from that point, I was the only black male in that in that school because I got taken outside of the city and taken to a um, Tonawanda, which is right outside of Buffalo. It's a suburb outside of Buffalo, and uh, I was, you know, I was that only black kid. And sometimes you're ostracized when yeah. that happens, and I definitely was. Hmm. Um, maybe uh, you got a question. No, no. I, well, I was thinking, you know, being that now you're in the situation with you're definitely like the extreme racial minority. Yeah. What are the chances of another kid calling your mama black B again? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, there wasn't a. At this point, racism was was definitely a factor, um, but it didn't have to be said. It was it was seen. Yeah. Um, I was constantly uh, separated from the other kids. Um, I would say that every year, my I was at the front of the class, and I don't mean in a good way. I mean, my desk right beside the teacher's desk, and I'm facing the class. Mm. You know, like you were in trouble. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure some of you all been in a situation to where. Um, the laughing is going on in the classroom, and then you're the one that's pointed out, and you really didn't have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. That was most of the type, you know, most oh. of the time of the situation. Okay, you know. But I'll say this, just to make a story really quick, it had a, a definite effect on who I am as a person. Um, I uh, in the fourth grade, I had a teacher named Miss Haynes. Miss um, Haynes, she let me say this, you all. I was diagnosed with ADD. Mm-hmm. Right, there was no ADHD at the time. ADHD, they finally manufactured to so that they can have a way of saying, here are the signs and here here's the proof because there, there was no way of actually like really like, like, how can I say it, uh, diagnosing ADD at the time. Mm. So they threw on ADHD. So if you're a kid that's hyperactive, it, like one of the description is seems like he's driven by a motor. You can actually look this up, which yeah. is crazy. That's every like little kid. Every kid is like at that age. You see, yeah, like, 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 like what you mean? <laughs> um, come to find out later on, this is actually a way of segregating kids. Yeah, look, um, I, I'm over here thinking about conspiracies. Like that's a way to get to get these riddling sales up. Oh yeah, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's another thing. If you ever get in trouble later on down the line, they have they now have proof that you have mental factors that are are bad. Yeah. So you've been set up to go to prison later yeah. on. Yeah. Um, which is so crazy, but it has a lot to do with the stock market and all that type of stuff. But anyway, <laughs> I won't go into that. Um, 
but I'll say it played a, a serious. It really damaged my psyche growing up, mm. and uh, I know this is a little deep, y'all. This is crazy, but it really damaged my psyche, and I had no idea that I was intelligent. I knew I was always an artist because I had always drawn, mm. and I found I realized that this was my way of escaping depression was art. Mm. And it was a thing that I always went to when I felt really low. I mean, even as a kid, I always went to art. It was always something I went to, went went to, and went when I, I went to when I was going through something. Right. And um, I had a uh, a teacher named Miss Haynes who thought she can she could uh, cure ADHD. So she took she took my desk and she put my desk in a big Benkins moving moving box. And um, the little white boys and girls came along and they handed me my homework through a slot that was in there. And that's where I had class from hmm. at this Catholic school, St. Aloysius. You can look up this school. It's in Chictawaga, New York. Um, I should have a lawsuit right now, right? Yeah, that sounds uh, <laughs> crazy. I'm trying to envision, envision this box. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy thing is, y'all, I, I blacked this out of my memory for years until hmm. until I was like in my early 20s. Hmm. Um but it really affected me. It really, really affected me. And a lot of times, not even a lot of times, you are who you believe you are. Mm. You know, as a man thinks in his, in his mind, so is he, right? You are who you believe you are, right? To thine own self be true, Shakespeare, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? So you uh, you really embody who you believe you are. And it wasn't until, like, long, many years later, like, I started going to church. And I'm talking, like, 18, 19 well maybe a little bit younger than that like 17 18 um i started having men really speak into my life mm-hmm. into my life no you are this you are that you are this you are that and i started to really grab hold to it and believe it you know um i was blessed my mother got married so i had a stepdad you know who was also able to reinforce some of those things and and, and really bring me up as a person and um i started to believe those things and fast forward a little bit, um, I started doing really well in school, high school. Uh, eventually went to college, uh, went to Hampton University, I studied architecture. So the question is, um, did I study photography? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't know that photography was really an option. Hmm. The truth is the only photographers I knew that were really shooting were shooting like booty type pictures. <laughs> you know Smooth and you guys know who you are, the ones that went to Hampton. So mm-hmm. I went to school across the water from you. Yeah. Norfolk State. And that's you. Shout out to Norfolk State. And um, you know, I, I majored in fine arts. Yeah. You know, it was definitely photographers that were shooting booty, but like myself, you know, I'm I'm going to school to be an artist. Yeah. You know, I kinda have a different mindset and I'm thinking, you know, I wanna take pictures for the for for the sake of art. You yeah. know, but every time I approached somebody or not every time most of the time when i approached a, a woman to take pictures they, they're super cautious because it's like oh man you just want to you know get me getting me naked yeah you know yeah, i'm like yeah. no i just want to shoot some cool pictures yeah you know but you know i digress you know <laughs> booty booty taking photographers is definitely a genre uh, yeah, uh, of it's, its, its own. own thing you know yeah <sighs> whatever but uh <laughs> But yeah, no, but I know, I know you were saying, you know, like that was a thing that kind of, you know, I guess, like hindered you from shooting. Oh yeah, man. Hey, y'all, look, man. I, you know, shout out to the booty photographers. That's what y'all <laughs> want to do. But I'll say this: it definitely put a stigma on photography, and I can't say that um, 
I had explored it or I had looked into it or anything um, to see if there was more. Um, but years later, my friend and I, uh, Quinnell Holder, Queasy, what up, Q? Um, we started a we started a clothing line um, down in Virginia, down in the seven five, and uh, it did pretty well. It did really well, actually, really, really well. And uh, we, we we gained quite a following doing it. And uh, while doing that, you know, of course, you gotta you gotta shoot. You know, you gotta have shoots and uh, to advertise. And you know, I don't like paying. I don't like paying for stuff. You know, <laughs> who does? <laughs> One of the jokes is, you know, your last name is Freeman, so you must be cheap. Oh, damn. true. Free is definitely. Hey, look. <laughs> hey, look. I do like the. I do like the word free. Um, but uh, it hit me. I was just like, man, I can do what they're doing. Mm. You know, it was this one guy. Man, gosh, he's um, he is a DJ now. He's uh, DJ Rhetoric. Okay. Um, he's what's the guy out of out of uh, singer or rapper rapper um, out of Logic. Out of, okay, yeah, Logic. He's yeah. Logic's. He's Logic's. Uh, he's Logic's DJ. Um, shout out DJ Rhetoric. Uh, I haven't seen you in years, but shout out. <laughs> <laughs> in case you didn't know, dog, you were definitely a great inspiration to me. We did a uh, we did a photo shoot um, out in Norfolk or Portsmouth somewhere. And uh, he he brought a flash. It was nighttime. It was like a real late shoot. And he brought a flash. He brought a a um, you know the reflectors that people put on their on their windows for their cars. Yeah, yeah. He brought that and his camera. Okay. And he made magic with those with those three things. Yeah. At night, right? And I remember because I've always had like a science type mind. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the the. Subject I always did well at was science. That just amazed me. So it was the technical part of it that really amazed me. And then mm. the way the photos came out was just it was like wow, mm. this guy is really good. I wonder if you if you still shoot uh, rhetoric because you were amazing, bro. Um, but yeah, man, those pictures really came out really well, and it and it it really like me, intrigued me. I was like, man, I can do that, mm. man. Probably about was it like maybe four or five months later. Um, now I was broke at the time, mm-hmm. right? Um, I got my tax return check. Oh, he's rich then, bruh, <laughs> bruh. Came up. It was a hefty tax return check too, yeah. right? Man, I went out and bought a camera. Mm-hmm. First camera was a seven D. Okay, seven D. Dial and I, we always talk about that because that was his first like that was his first real deal uh, uh, camera was a seven D, and um, man, yo, man, that thing took. Man, I took that thing everywhere. I shot everything. That was that was your work. I shot everything, and I realized there was more to this thing. So what? Than that. What were you? What were you shooting? What was I shooting? Yeah. Oh man. Um, <laughs> nah, nah. No, no booties involved. No booties involved. Um, man, I first just started shooting stuff for our, our clothing line, um, which was cool. Um, just anything, man. I took it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I really took it everywhere. But um, I would say the thing that really got me shooting was I had a I have a friend named he's one of my best friends Kariga Kariga Bailey. Anybody has ever heard uh, Kariga's Bailey music? He's amazing, powerful, very powerful dude. Um, he was a dean here in Maya Angelou at the time at Maya Angelou Public Charter School in D.C. Hmm. at the time, and um, I would come up every week. 
um, my friends, me and my friends, we had a we had a uh, a marketing company. Um, my homeboy Tristan Lewis, shout out T Lou. Um, we had a uh, we had a marketing company at the time, Creative Genius Concepts, and um, we started. You know, we got a got a few little gigs, and we were doing a few little, few things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. I really took to it. I really took to it. And at the time, let me let me rewind a little bit. At the time, I was in grad school, and I was working for the army okay um contractor yeah contractor contractor um i was working for the army and actually no not even contractor a gs okay and um working for the working for the army which was cool which is really cool actually except i knew this was not going to be my life Mm. if you've ever sat in the cubicle before (laughs) which i'm sure many of you have or many of you still do Mm -hmm. i mean as for some people i mean I'm sure it's for some people, but when you have, when you know that you have it in you to see the world versus seeing these tan cubicle walls. Yeah. Or gray. Or gray. Yeah. Yeah. Or gray. Some of y'all know about the gray ones. I've, I've actually seen both. Man. Look. Yeah. I've done my fair share of time in cubes. Hey man, them cubes, bro. And, um, at the time, um, I was working for the cadet command and actions and standards. Anything, anybody that's ever worked in actions and standards know you see a lot of social security numbers, a lot of medical forms and a lot of other stuff. And I was just like, yo, this is not my life. I didn't go to school for five and a half years to, to be doing this, yeah. you know, like, nah, Mm-mm. anybody wondering why I went to school for five and a half years. I was architecture major. <laughs> Shout out Bemis. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, like this is this is not this can't be my life, you know. And um, like I said, I was taking trips up here. I was coming up here every weekend up to DC. That's in DC metropolitan area where we where I live now. I was coming up here every weekend, man, and shooting. I would I would shoot at clubs. I would I would do everything, man. Anything that required shooting, I was doing it. But one of the things, like I said, I was shooting my homeboy Kariga a lot um, and helping him with his marketing and all those things. And I still do that to this day. but yeah, man, just working on a lot of different things. And Krieger one day was like, dog, why don't you just move here? You're here every weekend. Hmm. And I was like, I, I had a crazy debate because um, I worked with teenagers in, in downtown Newport News. And hmm. I really had like this really this heart for them. And it was like, man, I can't leave them. And, you know, hmm. just like a, a lot of other things, even the job. And, and um, one day, man, I was just like. I woke up. Matter of fact, it was a Monday morning. I think I had gotten home at like five o'clock in the morning, or I had gotten back to Kariga's house at like five in the morning, and I had to go to work at like nine. Mm. So anybody know it's a two and a half hour drive. Yeah, you're not making that. Yeah, you're not making that. Though I I did it all the time, right? <laughs> I mean, like you talking about two five hour energy uh, things, the extreme <laughs> ones. Yeah, which I know is horrible for your heart. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, man, I, I've taken. Yeah, I've taken some some uh, gambles with my heart, and I'm not talking about relationships. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, um, he was just like, "Man, you should just you should just stay." Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just stayed, man. Yeah, I just stayed. I didn't go back to work. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I mean, eventually you went back to get your stuff. I went back I, to get my stuff, but like you were just like, "Yeah, you're right. I'm gonna just stay here." I'm like, "Forget it. I'm, yeah. I quit." Yeah, I could literally quit my job. Damn, that day, I literally quit my job. It was so much going on with um with the company that that me and my homeboys had going on. And let me rewind a little bit. Let me tell you, give put you put a little bit more in this. So I said I talked earlier about things that went on in my childhood and different things. By the way, 
if anybody's having issues, anxiety, things like that, go to a psychiatrist, please, a therapist or someone, mm. and talk about your issues. Um, particularly in the black black community, mental health. I would say probably maybe about eighty five percent of us have mental health issues mm. that we don't deal with, just because society is like pent against us. Period. Right. You know, um, particularly amongst males. Well, I would say period. Um, but I think that's a topic that we, we really stray away from mental health. Yeah. Um, it's like taboo. Yeah, it's really taboo. Uh, something that was going on with me was in grad school, I started having massive anxiety attacks. Mm. I mean, like massive, like, like serious ones. Like I could, I would walk into class or I would try to walk into class and I could, I couldn't breathe. Mm. You know, just because you, you just, you knew it was something wrong. It was something wrong. You know what's so crazy? Years ago, I think I told you this. Years later, I realized that the anxiety attacks and the things that I was going through then, my friends that went into the field of architecture, they started having those later. Mm. So you you were lucky to have I them was lucky early. To have them then. Yeah. Pay attention. Pay attention to your emotions. Pay attention to your mind, your body, things that's going on. Sometimes it's for a reason. Mm. You know. And I think that was like God's way of, of, I think he allowed that so that it would push me away from going into a future that wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, art has always been my escape from, 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 from things, yeah. you know? And, um, man, it was my escape from it, from anxiety. So when I was, when I was shooting, I was coming up here. It's funny. It was like, as soon as I passed like that that divide between Mer- between Nor- southern virginia and northern virginia really about that like quantico yeah, area sometimes you pass the quantico joint yeah man <laughs> and, and- it's something i don't know if y'all ever seen it's like these sp- these spires up like these these big tall structural things yeah um they're white and um and quant and like in that quantico area mm-hmm. as soon as i feel pa- i will pass by that i will feel like a depression like leaving me and it was weird it mm-hmm. was like real strange mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm reading a book. Uh, oh, I, I've been reading a book called Instinct by T.D. Jakes. Okay, and he talks about following instincts. You mm. know, I wish I knew this later what I was doing. Sometimes your instincts lead you without you really knowing it's leading you. Yeah. So every time I would go past this area, it would drop off. So it kept me coming because mm. I was like, man, whenever I'm in Virginia, I don't have peace. But whenever I hit that Northern Virginia, D.C., Maryland area, yeah. I have peace. Right, if you ever heard Jiminy Cricket and always let your conscience be your guide, right? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. my conscience, like my spirit, was leading me to this area, and I felt it every single time. Check a little sideline, check this out. Okay, my first week that I said, you know what, this is it, DC, Maryland, Virginia, this is it. I met my wife. I met my wife. I didn't know she was gonna be my wife. Yeah. But I felt I was just like, man, yo, like this is crazy. I was on. I was doing a little business meeting with me and my homeboys. Actually, I had shot a chick um, named Kilo. What up, Kilo? I had shot Kilo. Um, she's a rapper um, from the DMV area. She she's dope. Um, I had shot her earlier in that day, and she was like, you know what? We should stop by. We should stop by this boutique out here on U Street. Now it was freezing outside. It was like January, so I was like, okay, bet, cool. So we went in there and we, we, we met, I met the manager. I didn't meet the owner. I met the manager and, um, who is my wife now met the manager. She was real cool. 
So okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm staring at her, I'm looking at her, you know what I mean? My homeboys clearly see that I'm looking at her. Cause when we get in the car, they like Brian, no. I'm like, Brian, no what? They were like, Dog, we know you. Just leave it alone. Yeah. And you're like, What? What are you talking about? Dog, leave it leave her alone. Don't. This is business. Because what was going on, we tried to set up a little deal, um, trying to do some of their marketing work for that store. Okay. Right? So later on we met with the owner, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Mm-hmm. Years later, she became my wife. I won't go through the story. Yeah. But it's a deep story. If anybody ever want to hit my line and ask me about it, it's amazing. Um, but it just it just speaks to the vo- the volume of following your instincts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So um, I got a call from my... Just go back to the story. I got a call from my boss, Mr. Butts. Uh, his, yeah, that's his last name is Mr. Yeah. Butts. Uh, <laughs> there was no joke on that. Um, Mr. Butts calls me and he's just like... Um, Brian, uh, I really want you to come back to the to to the office. Like you, you know, you really mean a, a lot to us and the team and this that, and the other. And it, I wasn't like a slacker at work or anything. It was, I was, it wasn't that, you know. Um, and he he basically gave me an opportunity. He was just like, you know, our, our office because our office was leaving and moving to uh, Kentucky mm. um, to Fort Knox, uh, and I would have had to leave too. Yeah, and he was basically like. Hey, look, I'll give you the opportunity. You can pretty dang near have any position you want, pretty much. It was like one of them type of situations. Damn. It was like, he was, yeah, yeah. He was he was about to give me the boat, basically. Damn. And he was like, I'll give you, I think it was like one or two days to give me a call back with your response. I made my decision. I never called him back. Yeah, damn. You were that guy. I mean, you are. You obviously are the guy, you hey, know, for, for, for somebody to call you back after you quit. Like, look, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man, but sometimes you have to follow your peace. I knew I didn't want to be to have that anxiety that I had before. You know, I knew that it was something about that corporate destination that I was on and that path that I was on mm-hmm. that was not me. It's for some people, but it was not for me. Mm-hmm. And you I think you have to know what's for you because if not you're compromising yourself and you're compromising your future. And I think your future is very, very, very important. And if there's any message that I can give to anybody out there, yo, find your freedom. Like my homeboy, he actually hit me. You were actually on this thing. Um, off the mags, uh, off the mags, uh, uh, essence of cool. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know that yet. I don't. I'm about to look it up right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's about to release very soon. Okay. Um, and you're one of the you're one of the photographers on there. Uh, Dre, who's the owner of Off the Mag, he hit me. And by the way, congratulations. <laughs> he oh. hit me. He, he hit me, and he asked me. He was just like, "Yo, man, free, give me a quote um, for uh, for this photography thing that that I'm doing." And I think this is like the third year that they've done it. And uh, I I don't know, man. I just came with this quote. You know, people say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I said mm-hmm. freedom is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. And I said find your freedom. Yeah. You know? Yo, man, you got to find your freedom. You got to. It's crazy. When I go out to L.A., now you got people that's just just stupid out in L.A., quote, unquote, searching and finding a dream. But it's really just really more like a, a trend or something like that. Yeah. But and then you find those people that are really like living out their purpose. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful thing. And if you've ever talked to someone who's living out their purpose and you're a person that's not living out their purpose, it's it makes you hungry for purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's, yo, that's definitely deep. And I don't like saying 
just just vaguely saying something is deep. But yeah. like that's I can't I can't find the word to describe right now. But yeah, that's definitely something to take away. Yeah, that's something to take away. Look, man, let's let's take a quick break right now. Cool. Um, while we're taking this break, you guys can go check out Instinct by TD Jakes. By TD Jakes. By TD Jakes. Um, you just reminded me of a book that I recommended last season called The Alchemist. It's definitely something that applies greatly to to, to this topic today. And uh, we'll be back and talk talk about more uh, what's going on in the future with uh, the real be free. What up? And uh, you know more ways to find your freedom. We'll be back. This week's photographer spotlight is on Gordon Parks, known for his images of Harlem gangs, civil rights leaders, and work with publications such as Life Magazine, is an iconic name in the world of photography. Parks was born in Kansas November 30th, 1912. His work covered American culture from the 1940s up until the early 2000s, focusing on race, poverty, civil rights, and urban life. He bought his first camera at a pawn shop as a young man and taught himself the craft. Parks landed a job with the Farm Security Administration, capturing the nation's social conditions. After the FSA closed, Parks began to freelance working for fashion magazines and eventually became the first African-American staff photographer for Life magazine after a photo essay about a Harlem gang leader. In his 20 years at Life, Parks photographed celebrities and political figures like Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Adam Clayton Powell Jr., and Stokely Carmichael to name a few. Today, it's almost impossible to think about the American Civil Rights Movement and not come across one of Parks' images. He's also known as an author, as well as the first African-American to write and direct a Hollywood feature with his film, The Learning Tree, followed by his 1971 film, Shaft. Parks died March 7th of 2006, but his work can still be found in numerous books and ongoing exhibitions in museums around the world. For more information about Gordon Parks, visit gordonparksfoundation.org. Back to the show. All right, welcome back. And uh, we left off talking about finding your freedom and uh, shooting and all that. But uh, we also mentioned earlier that your first camera was a 7D. 7D, yeah. That was what, five years ago or more? Man, six years ago. Six six years ago. So it's enough time to you know put in work and re up on new equipment. Yeah. So yeah, what yeah. Do, what are you shooting with now? Five D Mark III. Five D Mark III. Yeah. And what's the difference in that and the seven D D? Oh man, full frame. Okay, key as a key yeah, right there. Yeah, full frame makes makes a makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. Right, right. What's what's the difference in that three, the Mark III versus the Mark II and the one and all that stuff? This is just like more. Well, you know, I've never shot with a with a Mark II. Okay. Um. So I couldn't. I couldn't really give you like a. Uh. You know. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, something I can say about the Mark Three as compared to the Mark to the Seven mm-hmm. is man, that thing is crisp. Mm-hmm. It's so crisp. Um. And you can pretty much put any lens on it. You can put a crappy lens on there, and it still fares. It still does its thing. So that sensor is crazy. That sensor is stupid. Paired up with some nice glass and you and all another league. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. So. We're also in the comfort of Casa de la Freeman over, over here. Got the pleasure of seeing your setup over here. Yeah. You know, like So, I mean, show me some photos earlier. Uh, shout out to Masego. Masego. Some, some crispy shots that you were shooting over there. But uh, what's, your, what's, your, what's your setup over there? You got this tablet 
hooked up to yeah my, i'm a little screen. unconventional for one <laughs> i don't use mac i know everybody uses mac mm-hmm. and i'll tell you why it's a, it's a little weird situation um former you know i was oh wow i was in architecture mm-hmm. you know and um everything was pc okay. you know at the time when i was doing when i was doing architecture so i just kept buying pcs kept buying pcs and it was just a thing of comfort to me yeah you know um and i i had planned to buy a macbook i was just like you know i'm gonna buy a macbook and this beautiful thing called the surface came out the surface pro okay tablet yes yeah, or, or is it that's a tablet and and like it could with a um keyboard as well or is it yeah you can you can connect the keyboard to it and i actually have the um the surface wedge keyboard which somewhere is down there okay. um which comes with it uh, or with you can buy in addition to it um and man it just blew my mind mm. and i held out for a while and i said you know what if if matt creates something like this if they create basically a ipad pro yeah i'll go with it but guess what they never did yeah. created a real deal iPad Pro. Later on they created something, but yeah. it's really just a, a iPad senior. It's not a pro. <laughs> senior. You know. <laughs> and I understand why they didn't want to mess up their MacBook Pro market and their iPad market. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah I use this right now I'm using a Surface Pro three. Um I had the Surface Pro two as well. Um amazing man. It's amazing. You can you can edit directly with the pen mm-hmm. on the screen, which is something you can't do. Um, with a, a MacBook, you know that yeah, touchscreen yeah. capability is amazing. So editing, you can be extremely precise on your skin edits and and different things. So it just, I believe, it has the advantage hmm. and price plus the price. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, there's definitely a, a price advantage um, yeah. when it comes to that. You get a whole lot more for a whole lot less. Hmm. Definitely, brand loyalty is a big a big thing. You know, I guess I'm like a fully uh, macked out house. Yeah, where, 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 where I am. Um, but I definitely agree with you. But like, you using the tablet. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I have like a Wacom that that I use. To, you know, even in Lightroom to go in and just mm-hmm. like, you know, get certain certain things out or just to fine tune. Yeah. You know whether whether it's to mask or bring up shadows or bring yeah. down whatever it is. You know, it's it's more it's more precise. Oh, yeah. I definitely would love for for Mac to drop something like that. You know, like uh like you said, I. I iPad Pro or something. I'm converting like that. as soon as they do. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that loyal. I'm not that loyal. I was like, I'm, I'm jumping not. the ship. <laughs> but I, uh, I know some people are just like, man, that's too small to edit on. So I actually have my, um, my. Uh, this is a little unorthodox as well, but I have a Bravia, a Sony Bravia, like a really expensive Bravia, uh, which is a TV, hooked up to uh, my Surface. Um, and with that, I was able to calibrate. This might sound a little weird. What I did was I took an iPhone, mm-hmm. like the newest iPhone, and I calibrated the settings of the TV to the iPhone because most of what I do is digital. Yeah. And most people use iPhone. By the way, I don't use an iPhone either. I use, a, <laughs> I use an Android. I told you I'm, I'm off. I'm weird. I'm really weird. And photographers always look at me like, yo, what, what the hell? You got an Android? Yeah. yeah, man. I'm not taking pictures with my phone. Yeah, true, true. File management is just better on an Android. I'm sorry. Mm. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I could download anything I want. Um, but, uh, it just look. It looks good, man. It work. It works out for me. Yeah. It, it really works. Maybe one day I'll switch over. You know, like I said, I'm not. I'm not completely brand loyal, but you know, it works for me. I think that's what it all comes down to is just whatever works for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's not about anybody else. That's why when you play a video game, you got all the different controllers. Or what's the first thing you you know you, your friends do, or you might do when you when you uh, open up two K, you go yeah. straight to the camera view, yep. change it up. You know, it might yep. be every something that's different for for the, the next guy playing, yeah. but it's what works for you. Yeah, somebody's a classic court guy. So yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, it is it's what it is. Exactly, man. exactly. So like we mentioned, like I said, the shots I saw earlier. Icy shots of Masego. Appreciate it, man. Um, what is your preferred genre? Oh man, um, it's hard, man. Yeah. Um, I'm a port. I'm definitely a portrait guy. Like mm-hmm. if you look at my Instagram, it's like dang near all portraits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a. I can shoot anything, man. Um, somebody asked me a question. No one had ever asked me this question before. Um, Master Williams, Gary Williams, he asked me a question some months back. Um, this is, it was my first time ever meeting him. He said, "Like, what's your thing? Like, what do you shoot?" And I said, "I'm a photographer. That's it. Yeah, I can shoot anything, man. I can shoot. I can shoot anything. If I learn how to scuba dive, I'm an <laughs> underwater scuba diving <laughs> photographer. <laughs> you know, yeah. I can shoot anything, man. Um, I would say the thing the thing I find myself shooting the most though." It's portraits, mm. and I think it's the it's the intimacy of the of of the person, like really being able to convey like the emotions of the person. Or for example, when you walked in, I was uh, editing a picture of Vince Staples. Mm-hmm. Um, that was still on the screen when I cut the computer on from last night, and um, <laughs> Vince, I, I I met Vince, um, and uh, I pulled out my camera. He's like. Damn, that's a big lens, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So the face that he has yeah. is damn, that's a big lens face. Yeah. You yeah. know. <laughs> so it's the it's the emotion that you get out of the person. Like, um, if anybody's ever been on Instagram, it's something I really try to convey mm. is like emotionality, like mm. really pulling the emotions out of a person because I'm in it for the people. You know, um, it's not really about. Oh, let me show you how good I am, or let me show you, you know, it's not about any of that stuff. It's really about the people. And in my photography, I really try to portray the people mm-hmm. and try to pull out elements of the people for the people to see. You know, I'm about showcasing people. Yeah. You ever shot somebody and you have shots, like let's say it's 10 shots, and like, you know, there's a few shots of those that you know you like. Mm hmm. But in the back of your mind, you you might know that the person might not like these, mm. you know, and it might be something where they're they're, they're talking and the mm-hmm. mouth the mouth is open, mm-hmm. and they're, or they're, they're not posed. Mm-hmm. But it's still a candid shot, and like even though your mouth might be open, saying something that tells me in the moment that you were saying something, yeah, you know, yeah, I, and, and yeah. let me know. Like, and I, I shoot video too, but I'm trying to get away from that. Yeah. Um. But I what thing about thing I love about steels is that. You know, from a person who was watching a lot of videos or had shot videos, I know, you know, this clip is going to show me exactly what's going to happen mm-hmm. in, the, in this video. But this still leaves my mind to make up its own, you know, oh, yeah. thing. You know, um, you could you could be saying something. You could you, you could you could be saying, you know, something funny. You could you could, mm-hmm. it could be, you know, taken off guard by something that somebody else did. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It leads it up to my own, own my own imagination to oh, yeah. determine what it is that I think you're doing. Oh yeah. That might be the same thing that makes people would think I don't like this shot because yeah. it could be used for whatever. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, you might be laughing hysterically in this picture, but it's candid. Mm. And like you said, it's at the moment you, that 
that e- e- emotional uh, situation was, was captured. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I know you a little mm-hmm. more, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm mm-hmm. now let into this situation. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like it's like I was also there. Yeah. If I if I saw a photo that you took in a certain situation. Yeah. You know, I I think that's the thing that I like about portraits as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Same here. Same here. Yeah, man. What are, what are some of the current projects you're working on? Oh, man. Um, I could tell you what's coming up. Okay. Uh, right now it's wedding season, so most oh, of what oh, I'm yeah. doing is weddings. Which I think weddings are dope. Yeah. Um, I really do like weddings because of the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mainly what I'm doing right now, but... Um, the thing I'm looking forward to this summer is uh, I shoot with Under Armour. Okay. Um, so I'm doing a, a, the next Elite 24 game mm. um, in New York City, uh, which is amazing, which is is always, always great. Mm. Always great. Speaking of Under Armour, who are you rooting for in this? Uh, oh, of course, man. You already know. You was rooting the, for the Team Warriors, Curry? man. Okay. Look, okay. man. Hey, look. That was a travesty. <laughs> I've never seen cheating like that in my life. <laughs> Never. Damn, man. Look, hey, look. I say it like this. Yeah. The end of the game, mm-hmm. they said it was a storybook ending. Okay. Someone wrote that script. Interesting. It was WWE, WWF. I really felt like Rock Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> was, was played that? by LeBron James. Damn. damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because I feel, I feel like, all right, so the whole section with Draymond. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel like you know, I was glad that he got suspended. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, I mean, you can't go around kicking people in the no, nuts and, okay. and and get away with it for too long. No. You know, I feel like, like so, LeBron could have stepped around him. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> he could he, he could have stepped on him, but he he did choose. And Tell he's LeBron, LeBron, he's not from the seven five seven. He tried to Allen Iverson him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried to hit him yeah. with Tyron Lue. Matter of fact, Ty- Tyron Lue told him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Tyron Lue said, "Look, LeBron." You get a chance step over somebody. step over him step over him redeem me <laughs> that's for me LeBron but no. <laughs> but no like LeBron could have avoided that but Draymond needed to get suspended for yeah he did that those other actions Absolutely. in in the previous series but no nah, man I'm 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 team I'm team LeBron I'm glad I'm glad Believeland got that ring <laughs> you know finally got the monkey off his back. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. he can he, he he can retire tomorrow for, for all I yeah. care. Yeah, it's you interesting know. that he he did a two was it two year contract? Uh, with uh with, with Cleveland? Cleveland? Oh damn, I didn't I didn't, and he I didn't got know. it in two. See, see storybook ending. Storybook. See, damn. <laughs> Somebody wrote that. For all for all we know, he, he, he plus up. the finals is on Father's Day. You know how much money they made? Yeah, they they spread the, they spread that thing out, man. They could have swept them. Yeah, that was bread. <laughs> damn. You know what I damn. You know what? Told you I'm a conspiracy. You look, look like I was I was trying to think hey, about look, it. You got looking the details, man. <laughs> I'm over here the thinking about stuff now. Over here thinking about it now, man. But look, speaking of future projects, um, and I guess this is this is a reach, but you know, Father's Day being father figures, you talked mm-hmm. about teaching and reaching out to those kids earlier. Definitely. You're gonna be teaching in the summertime. Yes, yes. Teaching yes. middle school kids? Middle school kids. Middle school kids over the summertime. Is this like a summer camp or a summer, yeah, summer school? Camp. Okay. Word, word. So how, how did that come about? You're going to be t- teaching them about photography, right? Photography. Photography and film. Right, damn. Pray so, for me on the film side. I'm okay. more of a photographer. Than a All right. So yeah, so how, how did that come about? Uh, you know, what what are the kids going to be shooting with? You know, yeah. all that stuff. Oh, man. I actually got reached out um, not too long ago uh, by my homeboy Byron. He went to Hampton. He's a he's a graduate of of, uh, of Hampton. He's mm-hmm. a he's an alpha. Okay. Um, Real good dude. He's one of the twins, Brian, Byron and Byron. Oh, it's... 
<laughs> which is real interesting. Yeah. Um, always call him wrong name. Um, but he, he reached out uh, maybe like two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, told me about the project. And automatically, like, in my spirit, I was like, yo, let's do it. I'm down. Let's yeah. go. Because I've always been looking for a way to give back my talent. You know, um, throughout the week, I get to give back my heart. Like, on Tuesdays, I work with teenagers, mm-hmm. which is always good and which is always great. But it's not, I don't get the opportunity to talk about photography. You know, every once in a while, like, if I'm coming back from California or coming somewhere, they're like, man, where you been? Tell me about your story. Mm-hmm. And I get to tell them, like, hey, man, I just hung out with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. You know, like, so that's just a crazy story. And that it really, you know, it really draws their ear and different, different things of that nature. Or when I met Kobe or, you know, it's like situations like that. Mm-hmm. They love hearing stuff like that. Yeah. But that's not the meat of what I talk about when I meet with them. It's, it's their lives. Yeah. You know? Um, but I do enjoy those moments when I get to talk about photography just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But now I'll be able to talk about it, like really talk about it mm-hmm. and really teach it. And it's to middle school kids. So if anybody out there has middle school kids, um, the camp is in Indian Head, Maryland mm-hmm. this summer. Um, you can hit me, DM me, uh, The Real Be Free. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. You can enroll your kids. When is it? When does it start? It starts July the 12th. Okay. And it's to the 22nd. Okay, cool. Cool, man. Look, that sounds awesome. Always always trying try to, to give back. And, uh, um, Got to. You know, give people opportunities that we wish we had. Yeah. You know? And and you know what? And it's not to say that with the regretful uh, tone. It's just you grow up, you realize things that you had and didn't have. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you solve that problem by helping the next generation, mm-hmm. you know, being able to shine some light on something that, you know, was wrong yeah. or something that, you know, could be better, yeah. you know, for the next generation. That's that's yeah. that's your duty as a human being. I'm always looking for the next Brian Freeman. Yeah. I'm always looking for that kid that, that I know people don't believe in, mm. you know? And, um, man, like the, shoot, you know, it's father, it's we just past Father's Day. I was uh, I was talking to one of my kids. He's actually one of my younger kids that I, that I work with, and uh, he got in a situation with his stepdad. And his stepdad said to him, "You're not my son anyway." Damn, you know, woo, bro, Damn. that's that's heavy. How, how old is that's this kid? Heavy. I want to say he's probably about thirteen, maybe. Damn, thirteen. That's a terrible. That's damn. Yeah, it's heavy. It's real heavy, man. And I I told him I was just like, and it's funny because it's a, it's a group of us and and one of the ladies. You know, wanted to say to him, you know, be, okay, this is what he said to him. He's like, well, you're not my father. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is the, he's a 13-year-old boy, you know. Yo. Hormones are, are raging, you know what I mean? That's going to be his reaction. But the, the, the lady in the group wanted to, like, you know, berate him for, you know, you can't say stuff like that to, you know, to, you know, you have to respect. Yeah. And I stopped, you know, I stopped and I told him, I said, listen, your feelings are valid, man. You know, like, your feelings are valid. You know, don't, I'm not mad at you for saying what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was like, I told, I told him this. I said, man, I want you to know that God is your father. You know what I mean? And he loved, He created you. He's your father. And he'll take care of you. And I can say that because that's something that I had to realize within myself. Mm-hmm. And it took a while but that is what gave me confidence and to this day gives me confidence is, yo, I got a creator that made me for more, you know? And I really think that's what the freedom of purpose is. 
like that's when the light bulb clicks and you realize I'm made for more. I didn't evolve from from apes. You know, this isn't just some catastrophe that happened. This the chaos theory. Yeah. Like that's not real. Like I'm here for a reason. Like particularly when you realize that your life is made to touch other lives. Yeah. It's powerful. It's the thing that makes a man want to give interviews and do interviews. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like yourself. Mm. It's that thing. It's that thing that says there's something in me that wants to connect with others because there's something in me that wants to inspire. You know? And man, that's the I think that's the power of life. That's real. That's real, man. And you just you just inspired me to make a, make another episode. Ah. <laughs> man, look, so we can we we can continue to talk more and more, but I like to leave the listeners, you know, with I guess any advice that you would give them. Yeah. You know, people, you know, I'm pretty sure they ask you all the time, man, like, you know, they wanna learn how to shoot or they mm-hmm. want to learn you know something I guess yeah. if, if there's I, I don't want to limit it to just one gym but yeah. if it's something like I guess the first thing that com- comes to mind most of the time like what's that you know a piece of mm-hmm. advice to give anyone I, that's trying to be an aspiring photographer photographer yeah I would say more than anything explore yourself hmm. one of my matter of fact I was talking to Masego Masego said to me he said he hadn't listened to like like rap and stuff like that until he was 18. Mm. I don't know if I was supposed to tell anybody that. I'm going to say, I'm sorry. But <laughs> he didn't really listen to anything like that until until yeah. he was 18. Um, and I told him, I said, that's powerful and that's good. And he looked at me like, you know. And I said, because your music is yours. So yeah. I would say, and if anybody's ever heard of Masego's music, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I would say, look within yourself don't judge your work. Don't don't compare your stuff to other people's work, you know, because you'll find yourself you're unique. You know, I know a lot of photographers, you know, yourself included. I would go crazy if I was constantly comparing myself to other photographers or I was constantly trying to f- do what they're doing. And it's not it's not like you can't learn things from other photographers because you definitely can't. And I mm. have learned a lot of things, particularly my friends. But you have to find yourself in this thing because that's what that journey is about. Photography is what helped me to understand myself so much more. Mm. That would be my my advice. No, that's awesome. That's awesome advice. Definitely, definitely uh, very relevant. Uh, applicable advice. Most definitely. Oh, man. So, look, we're going to wrap this up. But um, I guess the last thing I want to say is, or last thing I want to ask you is, where can folks find your work? I and mean, we've dropped the world be free on Instagram throughout the whole show. But where else can people find your work? If you can go to befree.co, um, that's that's my website, befree.co. Um, check me out, man. Hey, look, anybody got any questions? Hit me, hit my DM. You know, um, I'm one of those people. I'm always free to talk. I'm not, I'm not gonna hide from you. I'm not gonna shy from you. Um, hit me. Just hit me. Boom. Look, man, it's still a nice day outside. It's still bright. Let's get out of here. Let's go ahead and shoot something. Yes, sir. Thanks again for listening to another episode of We're Getting Better. As always, drop comments, rate, review, and subscribe. Don't forget to follow our new show, Shooting with Shooters, every Thursday with the art hype, Dioko Soko. And remember, let's get better. <laughs>